welcome to the Nested Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kelsey Alford. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner and owner of Nested Sleep. This podcast is all about bringing you evidence-based parenting that you can use today. I'm excited to have you here on your parenting journey. Let's dive in. Okay, here we are back with the nested parent today talking about navigating pelvic health with pelvic floor PT. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and talk about literally my life's passion, which is pelvic health. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, this is something I put a poll and asked, like, what do people want to learn about different experts to bring on? And this was this was big. A lot of people are wanting to know. I feel like it is a topic that rightfully so is getting some good press over the last couple of years. Um, so I'm glad that bring you as a provider on to to talk more about it so people can understand where it fits into their health journey. So why don't we start with an introduction for yourself and yeah, how'd you get into this passion? What what brought you here? Great. So I'm Dr. Lindsay Duran Masumi. Like Kelsey said, I am a pelvic health physical therapist practicing in Northern Virginia. So my husband and I run a practice together called Virtual Physio, which is a combination of virtual concierge and in-office physical therapy and wellness services. Uh, We primarily focus on prenatal, postpartum, and pelvic health. But I think I entered the field of pelvic health. I mean, I started learning about it a long time ago. I was always kind of intrigued with pregnancy and postpartum. I thought it was so cool, all of the changes that a woman's body goes through as you know, you're you're getting ready for pregnancy as well as through pregnancy. I thought birth was just kind of amazing and quickly discovered that there was a whole specialty of physical therapy that dealt specifically with this population. And I discovered that because my sister saw one. And so she had a lot of oh, pelvic cool. pain with her first pregnancy and ended up in the ER a couple times because she Gosh. was just in so much pain. No one knew what to do. She was pregnant. They were like, we can't do anything. We can't run these tests. We can't, you know, give you medicine. So like, we're kind of at a loss. And someone along the yeah. along the way recommended that she go to pelvic floor PT and it was life-changing. And since then she had three other, you know, fantastic pregnancies and births. Um, so four kids total. And pelvic PT really changed her life. So I kind of wow. found found my way into the research of the pelvic health world and again just fell more and more in love with everything that there is to offer, but also realized there is a huge need for this specialty and a huge need for again more research, more evidence. We need better practice yeah. of this specialty too. And since then, you know, it's just been again my life's passion and everything I learn, the more into it I get. Now I am six months postpartum myself and just have a whole new appreciation and understanding sure. <laughs> of the pelvic floor that I am so grateful for. Yeah. And so interesting what you were saying about your sister and pain. And I'm sure, you know, you see a variety of, you know, patients that are, are coming to you and it's not always, you know, we think of pelvic health and we think of, oh, like you will have pain in your pelvic area. Well, as I'm sure you see it, there's so much referred pain. And so I I think that's kind of where some of the research now is showing us like we have to think big picture here. And 
If you have back pain, it can be related to that. If you have hip pain, it can be related to that. There's so many things that it encompasses, right? Absolutely. And that's kind of, I did a lot of research on chronic low back pain when I was in PT school as well. I worked in a research lab looking at that. And we know that approximately 75 to 80% of individuals with chronic low back pain also experience pelvic floor dysfunction, whether that's leakage or pain with intercourse or overactive bladder, you know, whatever it is, but we do see those two combined. And so again, we really have to look big picture. It's much more than just what is happening specifically in that pelvic region. Right. And I mean, I think that pelvic floor knowledge has thankfully gained some traction over the years. Where do you think it was even like, you know, maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago compared to where it is today? The world of pelvic health has changed so much, even in the last four years, four years ago is when I started practicing in pelvic health. And I feel like very few people knew what it was. And I think social media really, really helped to get the word out about pelvic PT. So even over the last four years, again, that traction has built so much. So many more specialties know about it, are referring people to pelvic floor PT. People are coming more proactively versus reactively, which is fantastic. 15, 20 years ago, I'm going to be honest, that was when the like pelvic health became actually a board certified specialty. So it really hasn't, it was two, I believe 2006 was when it became a um, board certified specialty. Pelvic floor physical therapy has been around for probably 30, 40 years in terms of what it is, but it used to just be Kegels. That's what pelvic floor PT was, was a lot of Kegels. It was what's called biofeedback, where maybe you would insert something in like vaginally to kind of monitor if someone was squeezing and relaxing their pelvic floor. And it was all done on a table. And that was pretty much the extent of it. And that is not at all what it is now. Again, we're realizing that the pelvic floor does not function in a vacuum and it definitely doesn't just function lying down on a table. Most people are experiencing symptoms or issues when they're up moving around, when they're trying to take care of their kids, uh, when they're chasing after their kids, when they're doing these very active movements that are just part of day-to-day life. And so that's where pelvic PT has really gone is we're taking a much more full body movement-based approach where we're looking at all of these contributing factors. And we realize we have to get people up off the table. We can't just do Kegels. We got to look at everything going on here. Yeah, because I feel like it was standard practice. Like you said, you know, even probably five years ago that OBs would just say, or midwives would just say, okay, you're postpartum. Okay. You're like, whenever you're cleared, now you can do your Kegels. And that was like, "Mm, okay, we're done. Mm -hmm. So now in terms of the research and benefits of proactive pelvic floor PT, what do we know about that now? Yeah, great question. So what we know in terms of proactive physical therapy, in terms of people doing pelvic floor PT or just being able to stay active. So I think there's kind of this big, there's this big component on Pelvic PTs help individuals stay active during pregnancy. Activity has a lot of benefits. So we have to kind of look at it from these two lenses there. Um, But some of the benefits that we see when people work with pelvic floor PTs during pregnancy, especially, is usually quicker labors, less less perceived pain in the moment with labor, shorter pushing times, less chance of assisted delivery. So like less forceps, less vacuum lower chances of prolapse happening, lower chances of tearing or at least less severe tearing. And then I typically see, this is probably more anecdotal from my aspect, 
but a, a quicker postpartum recovery as well, which again, we know from the research, if these people have less likely chance of having, again, leakage or prolapse or injury to their pelvic floor during birth, then yeah, of course they're going to recover right, quicker naturally. on the postpartum aspect. Right. And so that, I mean, we have the research to support that people who do pelvic floor PT and who are able to stay active have much greater birth outcomes, outcomes for themselves, as well as typically outcomes for baby too. And so there's a right. lot of, of benefits. People just don't always realize that. They think of PT again more as that reactive aspect as opposed to, hey, if you invest a little bit up right. front, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and issues and struggles that so many people are dealing with postpartum. Right. I mean, you know, talk about the things that people have in the past kind of assumed, okay, need to pack my hospital bag. I'm, I might take a birth class. Some people are not, but you know, it is more, uh, more assumed now that people are taking birth classes if they're trying to improve their outcomes. Right. But now, you know, adding this to the table, I'm sure many women are like, yeah, sign me up, like less tearing all this. Yeah. Sounds good. So what kind of things are you doing prenatally that, that, can help prevent those outcomes or not prevent, but you know, decrease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good question. A lot of it is really learning awareness of the body, teaching people how to use their bodies efficiently, how to relax your pelvic floor, how yes. to move <laughs> in ways that are uh, maybe different than what you're accustomed to. I think if we think back four or 500 years, a lot of us were out working in the fields. We would get down into deep squat positions. We'd be on right. the ground we we didn't spend as much time sedentary like sitting or driving right so nowadays things are just different so we do have to kind of put a lot more intention on making sure we're moving in ways that our our bodies are meant to move to help access those positions meant for labor and so we go through a lot okay. of those things during pelvic pt we figure out okay are there areas like do you have a lot of tension in your low back do you have a lot of tension in your hips that could potentially get in the way later on? Are you experiencing right. pain that again could impact the way that your baby is positioned or the way that you're able to manage pain in the moment and progress through labor? So we talk about pain management strategies and making sure you're as comfortable as possible throughout pregnancy. Again, you've got that mobility, that movement. You can get into some of these deeper squat positions or hip positions. Um, True. And one of my favorite things that we do as well is we go through how to how to push or how to breathe your baby out is how Caroline, if you've ever taken her hypnobirthing class, how she likes to say it. It's very much a, it's a breathing process where we are teaching the pelvic floor how to relax and move out of the way so the uterus can actually push that baby out. It's very different right. than what we call coached pushing or purple pushing that they do in the yes. hospitals often. And so if we can kind of learn how to relax our pelvic floors, how to efficiently and effectively push, that's how we decrease that pushing time, decrease risk of tearing, decrease risk of prolapse, injury to the pelvic floor, injury to the pelvis. So that's really where it becomes the most beneficial part. Yeah, that breath work is so key. And I remember like when I was having my daughter, like one of the midwives being like, you don't even look like you're pushing right now. I'm like, she's like, but you are because the baby's here. But like you shouldn't see it in your face, right? Like you should be like able to move it through your body and use that mm -hmm. breath work for that. And believe me, I mean, most of us go through our whole lives not really knowing how to breathe. It's like, you know, pretty, pretty important so function. 
(laughs) So true. I have to teach pretty much every single person how to breathe. And everyone tells me that it feels backwards or opposite. And I say that's because we all, we all breathe wrong. And I'm convinced that's why we all have pelvic, well, not all of us, but so many people have pelvic floor (laughs) dysfunction because we don't breathe correctly. And we never give our pelvic floor a chance to relax or move through its full range of motion. And that is so important just to overall health. And then obviously that breath work that you're doing prenatally is like the first exercise you're doing postpartum, right? Absolutely. Because that is how we start to reconnect with our core and our pelvic floor. And we make sure that one, we can adequately use these muscles. Again, postpartum is like, it's hard. Your body just went through a very big trauma Mm -hmm. and injury, whether you had a vaginal birth, whether you had a C-section, whether you had tearing or didn't, it's still a really big stretch and trauma to the body. And we should view it as that, like it's an injury that we're rehabbing and it's going to need some intentional work. Uh, And so, yeah, we start with that breath work to really reconnect with those muscles and make sure that we can use them efficiently, that we're not causing additional, um, additional trauma to that area that could potentially slow our progress postpartum, or we're not moving in ways that then become reinforced that lead to further issues down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like that all people should have pelvic floor PT? Like when should it be considered? Great question. I would love if everyone had access to Mm -hmm. pelvic floor PT. Realistically, I know that that may not be the case right now, just given our current healthcare system and the way that pelvic PT is viewed in this country and other countries, right. it is totally standard. Everyone is referred to pelvic oh, floor Oh, really? PT okay. After. Yeah. Like okay. in France, standard, absolutely standard. Okay. Everyone gets at least six weeks of pelvic floor PT after wow. birth. And so, yes, I would love for that to be the case in the US. And Bring on the French it, lifestyle. <laughs> it should, and it definitely should be. Because if we if we think about it, I I truly believe the mother is like the foundation of the household. And so if we don't support her and if we don't make sure that she can move and do what she needs to do, then it's going to be really challenging for everyone else, everyone who kind of depends on her. And so right. as much as we want to put everyone else first as moms, we truly do have to put ourselves first and focus on that health. So yes, I think everyone should go to pelvic floor PT even prenatally, if you get the option to go before you have a baby, just to get an assessment, just to figure out, hey, do I have any issues going on with my pelvic floor uh, or my core or my body that I may need to be aware of or that I may want to work on? We're realizing pelvic floor PT can be really beneficial for fertility purposes as well in terms of optimizing hormones and blood flow to the area and making sure that you can not only get pregnant, but stay pregnant. So You can really go to pelvic floor PT at any point. It doesn't hurt to kind of get a baseline assessment, but especially if you're dealing with any issues, great to go sooner rather than later. We know that the longer you wait, typically the longer you're going to have to deal with those symptoms, the worse those symptoms are. And then actually the harder it is to fix it. Not impossible. Your body just gets used to a certain mobility and, and you have to get out of it. Exactly. So for sure, if anyone can get a baseline assessment, it's great. It's a way to go. And then what are some like red flags for like, yes, you definitely need this for postpartum. Like, what would you be like? Yeah, you really Mm -hmm. should consider this. Yeah. So if you're having any issues controlling your bladder, whether that's like a little bit of the time or a lot of bit of the time, I would say check in with a pelvic floor PT. 
Same with constipation or a lot of bloating, GI distress, if you're getting that postpartum or just postpartum in general. I feel like a lot of people get constipated between breastfeeding and all the other things. So definitely if you're having difficulty going to the bathroom in terms of bowel movements, same thing, check in with the pelvic floor PT. I think the biggest one people don't often realize, pain with intercourse. If you're having any sort of pain with intercourse, whether again, you had a vaginal birth or a C-section absolutely check in with the pelvic PT. A lot of people think that pain with intercourse postpartum is due to hormones and having like lower estrogen in that area. And yes, there is a small hormonal component, but often case it is the pelvic floor that is the bigger driver of the issues. And there's tons we can do if there's a hormonal component, but the pelvic floor is more likely the case because again, there was just a big trauma to that area in general. And so it's not uncommon to see that those muscles get very tight and that they have a very hard time relaxing even when we want them to. So pain with intercourse, don't just like, don't just say like, Hey, I just need to wait until I'm done breastfeeding or whatever it is. You can go to pelvic PT and get that addressed right away. Okay. And I love what you said too, that I think is super important to drive home that even if you have a C-section, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, like I shouldn't have damage to my pelvic floor because I had a C-section. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I can. So what we see with a C-section, well, first of all, pregnancy in itself is a lot of change to the body. So we see a big stretch in the muscle. There's a big load on the pelvic floor. Pelvic floor has to work basically overtime for at least, you know, four to five, if not six, seven, eight, nine, the whole pregnancy months. And so just in general, we want to rehab that area. A C-section especially is a big abdominal surgery. So we're going to go through seven different layers to get to that baby. So we've got seven layers, which are very low and attached basically right right into your pelvic floor that have to heal. When that happens, what we see is things really kind of come back together super tight when they're healing because it's trying to protect the area. And so what we often see post-C-section is a higher rate of bladder pain. So people who have like, yeah. they're they're constantly feeling like they have a UTI or maybe they always feel like they have to go to the bathroom where they get a really strong urge and they're worried they're not going to make it to the bathroom in time. Or maybe you're just having a lot okay. of leakage. That's very common post-C-section. And then pain with intercourse is the other big one that we see post-C-section. And again, that's just due to all of those tissues oftentimes being tight and tense And we need to do a lot of good C-section work, like externally on that area, as well as pelvic floor work, sometimes internally. I always equate it to washing the windows on both sides. You know, you want to wash the outside, but then also the inside to make sure you you can see all the way through. But that's how it is post-C-section as well. So what what types of exercises do you do? Obviously, we talked about like the breath work and the importance of that both prenatally and postpartum. What do some of the other exercises look like for patients? I guess we need to break it down into a couple different categories, depending on what's going on. So pelvic floor exercises, people, I think, typically think, oh, strengthening. Like, what can I do to strengthen the pelvic floor? And that's absolutely a huge component. Yes, we need to strengthen the pelvic floor and the muscles surrounding that area. So that includes your glutes, your quads, your back muscles, your core muscles, your inner thighs, your hips. Um, So we definitely want to strengthen those areas. With the pelvic floor, we also have relaxation exercises or stretches, things that are going to help make the pelvic floor move better and, again, release some of that tension that may be contributing to some of your issues. 
So for those, we're going to look again, stretches, mobility, maybe some yoga, the breath work, things that are going to allow pelvic floor to lengthen. And then we also have, uh, I like to call them functional activities. So activities or exercises (laughs) that make sense in your day-to-day. So if you are having, for instance, leakage when you stand up with your baby or every time you get your baby out of the crib, then we're going to do exercises that mimic that. Whether we have your baby or maybe we have weights, uh, we're going to practice exercises similar to that. Same thing, like if you're having leakage with jumping rope, well, we got to practice the components of jumping rope and then kind of put it all together. Same thing goes for pain. If you're having pain with an activity, uh, let's break that down, go through various exercises, find something that mimics that, or maybe figure out how functionally you're going to practice that without pain. And we go from there. And I think that's so important what you said of like bringing it into the functional activities, the activities that you're already doing, because we can get overwhelmed, right? Like if a provider or, you know, a coach is telling us like, here, here's all these things to go do. And you're like, "Um, I just had a baby. So I'm kind of busy. How am I going to fit that into my life? So like you said, you know, incorporating into what they're already doing, and then turning it into something that can can work on those specific areas. Exactly. And that's where we find, especially for moms, like you said, that's where we find the greatest success is when we can incorporate what you're doing or change the way that you're moving in your day to day so that you're moving better and you're doing things that are helping your body versus slowing your body down. You're going to see a lot more success. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to be able to do all the things you need to do with your baby. And you're going to feel good about yourself that you followed through. With, right, exactly. With, with your homework, quote unquote. Yes, yes. And you didn't have to set aside 30 minutes in the day to do it because that's right. exhausting. And again, as a mom myself, I don't have time to do that. So why would I expect someone else to? Right, exactly. And the overwhelm of just thinking about putting it, not even doing the activity, right? Just feeling like, ah, like, how am I going to do that? Um, the so mental that, load. That's really good. Mm-hmm, there you go. There you go. So how has becoming a mother kind of changed your practice or changed what you do or has it? Oh man, it has changed in so many ways. So when I had our baby again, six months ago, she was born in May. When I had her, we, we being my husband and I decided to make the transition to go full-time in our business. So I decided not to return to um, like a typical clinic job. We wanted to go out and kind of make our own schedule, have a little bit more flexibility and be able to spend time with our baby and have her around. I wanted to be able to breastfeed. I wanted to be able to bond with her. And so we felt the only way to do that was to kind of go out on our own. So that was a big thing that definitely definitely changed for us. And then beyond that, I feel like I have just gotten so much more of an awareness and understanding and appreciation of the way that the pelvic floor works and changes throughout pregnancy and postpartum. Like I remember during birth, basically in that pushing phase, never having more awareness of my pelvic floor than in that moment. And I was so, so thankful for all of my training and my understanding of what was going on and also just what to do postpartum. I also came to a lot of realizations that recommendations maybe I had previously given, given were not super realistic uh, one being, you know, exercise or workout with your baby. My baby spit up a ton. And so anytime <laughs> I tried to do like gentle like, movement no. with her, I was like <laughs> covered in spit up. 
So I realized that maybe that one wasn't like the best suggestion. So my suggestions and recommendations for my patients have definitely, yeah, (laughs) shifted a little bit. And I know kind of better questions to ask on how we can kind of work together (laughs) to make some of these changes in their day-to-day routine. Because what works logically in someone's head who doesn't have kids maybe doesn't make sense for someone who does. So yes. So many different things to to consider, right? It's absolutely uh, gonna be different for every baby, every mom can mm-hmm. can look very different. Yes. Um, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you kind of started started off on your own. That's really exciting. So tell me a little bit about what your support looks like for families. So what we offer right now, there's a couple different ways to work with us. Um, the big thing being traditional pelvic floor physical therapy. And we offer that in a couple different ways. One is I treat out of the body birth and baby center in Leesburg. And so I'm there right now. Yeah, it's a great place. I went through them myself for my own pregnancy. And so awesome. it's very cool to be back in that space, giving back to the community that supported yes. me throughout my entire pregnancy, birth, and even postpartum. It's just come full circle. So anyway, I'm there uh, two days a week right now okay. seeing patients And then we also offer in-home sessions. So we'll come to you, treat right out of your home, which is very convenient for people who have new babies or, you know, maybe don't have child support or don't want to bring their babies out. That's a great option. And then we also offer virtual services. In addition to our physical therapy, we do have our health coaching program. So for people who are looking for more of the performance aspect, maybe they're postpartum and they want to run um, a 10-mile race or they want to compete in a competition, this is more for them on that performance aspect. And so we also offer that. Nice. Are you and your husband runners or? No. (laughs) (laughs) We are. I mean, I would say I'm more of an endurance athlete. Yes. And I like higher intensity um, activity, but we're more in the weightlifting space. And so actually we both worked as strength and conditioning coaches before we got into the PT world. And so our passion is very much in weightlifting. Awesome. That's so that's so cool. I love hearing about, you know, how incorporating your past world into your current. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's so good. Well, I will be sure to share in the show notes, how everyone can contact you reach out, sign up for classes, all the things and I hope uh, your dream of of getting everyone pelvic floor PT uh, will happen sooner than later. Yes, absolutely. It's so needed. So many people would benefit. It's just increasing that access. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the Nested Parent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and follow along wherever you listen to podcasts. If this or past episode resonated with you, I would love for you to leave a review to help grow this parenting community. Hope to see you next time.